0: To come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com comics. Alright, well we're back on the floor of the San Diego Comic Con and we're at the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund booth and I have the great pleasure to talk with Dennis Kitchen um, uh, underground cartoonist author, editor, uh founder of the legendary kitchen sink press publisher of kitchen sink books a new reincarnation of it and founder of cbldf uh, dennis thank you so much for being on more to come are you out of breath now
1: a <laughs> long introduction yeah. no great good good yeah. great to see you again um
0: uh, well i'd love to talk to you just for any reason but You actually have with you a really interesting collection. Um, uh, I left out that you were a literary agent as well. Um, And one of the things you do is you represent the Harvey Kurtzman estate. Right. And you are just just about to publish uh, really kind of a legendary uh, kind of publication with a cult following. It is. The magazine that that Kurtzman founded in uh, the
1: 1950s. Yeah, it's one of the great what-ifs, I think, of comics history. Because... Mm -hmm. uh, 1956, uh, Harvey Kurtzman was helming Mad, the the comic and the magazine Mm -hmm. he founded. It was enormously successful. And he was lured away by Hugh Hefner, who (laughs) was, of course, editing and publishing another uh, Mm -hmm. legendary magazine, Playboy. Hefner was a big fan of Kurtzman, Mm -hmm. and uh, Kurtzman was kind of unhappy that Bill Gaines didn't have the wherewithal to make Mad magazine full color and what Mm -hmm. Harvey called a slick. So he was pulled away by the lure of uh, what Hefner called an unlimited budget and a real slick magazine. And uh, in leaving MAD, he lost the opportunity to get a significant equity in MAD. Depending on uh, you know who you believe, a minimum of 10%, it might have been as much as 49%. He gave that up to come to what he thought was a very long relationship with a magazine called Trump. Not the Donald, but the yes, other Trump. Thank you. Right? <laughs> thank you for making that distinction. <laughs> and, uh, and it's wonderful. The two issues that are out, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're impossible to find. They came mm-hmm. out in 1957, so it's almost 60 years wow. now. They've never mm-hmm. been collected. And the Kurtzman archives had a remarkable mm-hmm. treasure trove of outtakes along with what would have been in that third issue that was never finished. So this is the complete Trump for people who are missing that piece of the archaeology. Sure. Uh, it's I call it an incredible what if, because Hefner ran into some money problems in 1957, and he had to pull the plug. Otherwise, Playboy had a very, very long and successful run. So it was bad timing. And also, Harvey didn't help by spending money freely. And as, as, as Hugh Hefner said after he pulled the plug, he famously said, I gave Harvey Kurtzman an unlimited budget, and he exceeded it.
0: <laughs> yes, it's a, a classic. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us about who's in this? Who are the contributors?
1: Well, of course, Harvey edited, and there's some stuff by him, but it's also Will Elder. Wow. It's Hal Jaffe, Jack Davis, Mel Brooks, if you can believe it. How about that? Uh-huh. Arnold Roth, Russ Heath, Wally Wood, all kinds of people. So... Anybody who's a fan of the old EC uh, in particular will recognize virtually all of those names. Uh, it's uh, largely in full color, uh, in, in a slick way, like illustrations. It's, mm-hmm. there, there's a few comic book type features, like there's a parody of Lil' Abner. Um, but mostly, that's a mix of text and uh, what I would call Mad-like features, but in color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And aimed at a, a more sophisticated audience. One of the other things Harvey liked was he felt he was mostly dealing with teenagers with Mad, and uh, by nature of the Playboy association, he figured he was dealing with adults or at yeah. least older kids. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, can can you can we see some of what? The, the, uh, the contributions are, um, um, particularly the comics. Just sort of love yeah. to
1: hear you maybe talk about some of them a little well, bit. Well, what's most vast? Well, for example, they snuck in uh, Alfred E. Newman in yeah, one I of the it. stories, which uh, can only be viewed as kind of a poke in the eye of I mean, Bill Gaines yeah. when things were very tense between mm-hmm. them. There are all kinds of things in the archives that show how Harvey was spending money, yeah. mm-hmm. pencil roughs and finished yeah. roughs of features that were not quite mm-hmm. finished. Some of the stories that they did finish ended up in Humbug, the publication that followed ah, that right. Harvey mm-hmm. and the other contributors self-funded. That mm-hmm. was the first cartoonist self-publishing mm-hmm. venture and it also met with a, a an ill fate yeah. but at least a few more issues. So. There are some of the originals that survived. Even have foxing on the edge because they were stored in Harvey Kurtzman's attic for oh. over a half a century, but at least they survived. Mm-hmm. Who did the
0: comics? Who the the the, the, uh, the little Abner and the uh,
1: Little Abner was a collaboration between Kurtzman and Will Elder. Ah, and Will Elder, had you, had you probably know, was an amazing mimic. Yes, so, uh, yeah. All the characters. They they, they mm-hmm. look very much like Cap, but of course, the distinctive uh, elder touch. And at the time, there was no strip bigger than Little Abner, yeah. mm-hmm. and Kurtzman was a big fan of Al Cap. Uh, Al Cap met his own ignominious end, you know, uh, about 15 years after this, but at the time, he was riding high, so... If you're going to kick off a national satire magazine in the comic book, you know, they hit all mm-hmm. Superman yeah. and, and Captain Marvel and uh, Mickey Mouse and uh, you name it. But they saved little Abner for Trump.
0: What and, kind of what kind of reception did it get when it first came out?
1: Uh, according to the numbers I found, it did very, very well. Huh. Uh, it sold about 300,000 copies, which most oh, wow. people would be happy with today. Yeah. The problem is it about broke even at that point. Yeah, at the, <laughs> considering right. he exceeded his, exceeded and, uh, his unlimited budget. <laughs> and uh, at the time, uh, I think what happened uh, is uh, Hefner's distributor went bankrupt. His bank pulled his credit mm. and he was scrambling. He had to, uh, he eliminated his own salary for a while, cut wow. other people's salary by 25 to 50 percent. And so Trump just had to be one of the casualties. Mm-hmm. And when they rebounded, um uh, you know they didn't bring it back yeah mm-hmm. obviously um so what, what might have happened if yeah. playboy hadn't had that little hiccup um would it have been as successful as mad or mm. we'll never know yeah mm-hmm. we'll never know
0: uh,
1: how did kurtzman respond after that did he i mean this he found like out in the worst possible way he was in the His wife was giving birth to their daughter, and so he was in the hospital, and the nurse came and said, there's someone in the waiting room to see you, and he walked out, and he sees Hugh Hefner, and he thought, oh, man, what a, as busy as he is, he comes to congratulate me on my new kid, so he goes over to see him, and Hefner says, Harvey, I'm sorry, I gotta gotta kill Trump, so on the day a baby Uh, was born, another baby died. Wow, well. Yeah. On that note, well,
0: this edition, this complete edition, is coming out from Kitchen Sink Books in the fall? When's it coming?
1: August. In in August. In In shipping in August? All right.
0: uh, Um, Well, it it looks fabulous, and obviously you continue to bring back these classic publications. Um, Dennis, thank you so much for being on More to Come.
1: Thank you, Kelvin.
0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of P.W. Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com comics. All right, back on the floor of, of uh, San Diego Comic Con. This time, uh, we're two old friends. I mean, we're friends, although I don't see it that much. Right <laughs> but, I, but I see you at the right time, even if I don't see you all the time. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. John Jennings, um, who is an associate professor of visual studies at University of Buffalo SUNY, I get that right? All right, all right. Damien Duffy, also a. uh, um. I, I, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong person. That's, That's right, because right, I'm reading from the from a page. David W. Look, uh, a cartoonist. Also, what PhD? Right, PhD in Library and Information Science. Um, founder of the, the Black Comic Book Festival uh, up in Harlem every year. It's great. Um, also, uh, the um, latest Eisner winner. Um, very recently on Friday night, the winner for uh, best academic scholarly work. Black of the Ink, Constructions of Black Identity in Comics and Sequential Art edited by Francis Gateward and John Jennings. Uh, Welcome to More to Come. Thank you very much. And and excuse the the rambling introduction. Um, But one of the things we're also here to talk, get them to talk a little bit about is they have just finished an adaptation, a graphic novel adaptation of of the great novelist um, Octavia Butler's classic work, Kindred, Um, this is like a big event uh, um, not just in comics but in literature in American literature Um, you know I just love to hear you guys talk some more about it. Um, uh, uh, Damien, you're the adapter. Yes. Uh, you did the art yes. and, the letter- and the letterer. Um, you know, obviously, I've seen your comics before. I've seen you with Black Kirby. Mm-hmm. This is a little different. A, think, <laughs> it's a little yeah, different. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, w- w- walk me through it.
2: I mean, how did you get the gig and and oh wow, what well, went on? <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I guess what 2012. 2002- <laughs>
3: No, it was before that. Oh wait, I'm some years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, some years ago. Uh, okay, Damien's talking now. This is Damien. Yeah. Hello, Internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, because uh, originally a different publisher was going to adapt Kindred. Right. Um, it was uh, it was Beacon of because I beacon, wrote the story yeah. about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. Oh, I, I know, he yeah. And I remember. Yeah. I know, yeah. I should, the, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, the original. Sure. I
0: mean, it was a. There's another curious yeah. part in that too. But go. On, let's but, go. On. Anyway,
3: yeah. Um, there was kind of an open call for submissions for someone to adapt Kindred for uh, Beacon Press Mm. and uh, Mm. I I found out about this actually I think through uh, Publishers Weekly Mm -hmm. and um, I hope so
0: (laughs) we'll
3: say yes (laughs) yeah and um, but no I just saw the open call but it was like a week before it was due and John was traveling Mm. uh, so it ended up I wrote a script real quick, and John just did like drawings and would FedEx them to me, and I scan mm-hmm. them in and composite pages. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we uh, we put together a submission packet. We didn't get the gig that time, so we're like, you know, it's, we're sad because we mm-hmm. wanted to do it, but these things happen. Sure. Uh, but then. Uh, several years later, like two thousand and twelve. I think that was yeah, two thousand twelve. Yeah,
2: I'm like this like con fatigue. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we were another
3: <laughs> <at>, feeling. <laughs> we were at Comic Con, um I, I came a day later so this maybe you should pick up here, John. Yeah, yeah, is,
2: because yeah. I was basically I was shopping around some things, other other projects we were mm-hmm. working on. And uh, at the time, Sheila Keenan was still the uh, senior she editor. Was the, she was the editor. And I showed her some of the work, and she was really mm-hmm. in, intrigued and liked the work. And uh, and she thought that my, my style would be perfect for this book she was working on. I was like, what book? And she's like, oh, we want to do Kindred. And I was like, <laughs> We wanted, what, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and so... Because you thought it was still at the other house.
0: Right, of <laughs> course. I didn't yeah. know
2: what was going on with it. And so, you know, of course, you know, Damien and I are a team. So we mm-hmm. uh, we negotiated uh, to work together on the book, and they secured the rights from the estate. Mm-hmm. About five, six months later, we were signing contracts on it. Uh,
0: and that's right. how
2: we ended up, you know, actually getting the, uh, mm-hmm. the assignment, so...
0: Now, I mean, wh- I, you know, I, I don't want to, like mess up anything but I and the artist who was gonna do it Carol Brown originally mm-hmm. I mean she was at Abram for a little while with yes. you know yeah. so it's very interesting how this book has moved around and yeah. and, and I know she was uh, was she working with it at all at the sorry. beginning she's no you longer know. there now right yeah, so yeah.
3: it originally it was uh so she looking and brought us onto the project mm-hmm. but then uh, she left to go to a different job mm, yeah uh, and Carol took over for her and I'm not really yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, what well, happened things with happen that. in yeah, it, things the happen in publishing. Yeah. And on. So, um, it, but but then, it, but then it ended up. What I was It ended up that uh, Sheila came back freelance to edit just to, to see through the with, finished uh, edit. Yeah, right.
0: So, well, talk to me a little bit about how you approach uh, this. Uh, this project were you working on this classic work Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean one of the first things that we started looking at is like the period and so I was like designing the characters according accordingly it's a lot of research as far as like the visual aspects of it and then of course we read the book and listened to it I listened yeah. to the book a lot while uh-huh. even while I'm working on it mm-hmm. I was listening to the book yeah yeah you know on book, yeah. you know
3: I, re- I read it so many times I annotated it with all these like little cartoon drawings I did all these thumbnails I, uh, let's was, go, yeah.
0: let's go right to the, the, to the to the harder issue here but I want you guys, for the listeners out there who mm-hmm. may have heard of Kendrick but haven't read Kendrick, you know, retell us the story because okay. it's like a, a yeah. I mean, it's a classic time travel kind of thing, right, yeah, except right, right. for the nature of what's what happened to right. the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. So, so
3: yeah, so uh, it's the story of Dana Franklin, who is an author. She's an African American woman in the 1970s, and somewhat inexplicably she starts traveling back to the antebellum south in maryland mm-hmm. and ends up uh living on a plantation yeah. in this other time period um and then other stuff happens but like i don't want to spoil it oh, yeah yeah yeah
2: that. that's fine that's yeah. it yeah. just to make sure no, people know it's what's going on it was on, interesting right. because you know so much of this actually is i mean even even octavia butler called it like a dark, dark grim fantasy, dark, grim fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know and mm-hmm. so so we kind of took it and that we kind Uh of work with that particular aspect of it where it's a horrific experience. I mean, imagine being like a black woman you know, in in the in the bicentennial era of mm-hmm. our country, being dragged back and explicitly yeah. many times to suffer, you know, the uh, the, uh, the the abundance of like body horror inflicted yeah. upon you during yeah. chattel slavery. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, yeah.
3: Butler Butler always sort of articulated her mission with this particular book to make the reader feel history.
2: Yeah. So we kind
3: of, I think we both kind of took that as like we have to make sure, however we do this comic. You come away with that same experience. Yeah, right,
2: right, right. So, 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 a lot of that was actually in the. It's trying to together we try to figure out the visual style of the book, like you know that kind of thing, color, color symbolism, Mm -hmm. because you want to have it so that there's some rest. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know it's a very heavy narrative. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
3: And uh, so we decided one thing we knew pretty much right away was that we wanted to kind of flip the way um, because normally when there's like flashbacks in comics. If it's in the past, it's kind of a muted palette, and then the present will be more vibrantly colored. So we, we wanted to flip it where the, the present day in the story, which is 1970s, uh, we did with a very monochromatic, or John did with a very monochromatic palette. And then the uh, 1800s uh, scenes are done with very vibrant colors. Uh, and that also ties in with stuff in the novel. Uh, the characters talk about how things seem more immediate and real and visceral in the past mm-hmm. than they do once they come back to, their pres- right. to the mm-hmm. present right. time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, um, John,
0: did you have to adjust? I mean, I'm sure you must have had some. Uh, your drawing style, because I mean, well, first of all, you have a very visual, a vi- I mean, uh, visceral mm-hmm. style anyway, in that sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, so many of the works I've seen of yours, they're really expressionistic in almost the extreme. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a certain extent, you've got to make this somewhat concrete right. for the reader. Right, So how, do you, how did you, you know, work in dealing with
2: that? Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, the first thing is we, we, we went through the entire book we, and I storyboarded out uh, you know, mm-hmm. broke down the entire book mm-hmm. which Damien then lettered so we can get a feel for like pacing and things yeah. of that nature. And... Um,
3: I should say story by like, thumbnail
2: Thumbnails. That's what yeah. I yeah. meant. So thumbnails. Mm-hmm. I lettered the thumbnails. Right. Then I lettered inks. And, right.
3: Then I lettered the colors. So I, I kind of lettered it like two and a half, three times. But anyway, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So 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 I had to pull back on some of the aspects of what I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, with all, like you said, a, a very expressionistic piece. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also I wanted it so that it that the the. The physical violence wasn't so overbearing uh-huh. that you would put the book down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so so as I said, when we were thinking about like ideas around symb- symbolism and and and, uh, and and spaces of rest, you know, so mm-hmm. there was a lot of like holding back on that. The other thing though is that because it's such a long piece, um, I usually use I usually do digital inking, right? Mm-hmm. But it's too taxing on the back, and yeah. I don't have I didn't have an iPad Pro, so I actually started using the whole thing is, is inked in Sharpie. There are over seven hundred. Seven hundred That's uh, interesting. Right, because it's what I had, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was traveling a lot, mm-hmm. and so I had to come up with some, I had to pull back on some of the, the visual nature, but also had to make it so that still had that kind of anxiousness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So we, and, and so a lot of that came from the medium, I think, mm-hmm. too. Right. You know, I was like, hey, I need to be, I need to, to move around a lot. I'll use Sharpie, yeah. right? And so then um, coloring it, like I said, we had some some color symbols as far as like how um, the spiritual nature, like there's a lot of haint blue, Mm-hmm. In, in, and yeah, in from like down south, and yeah, yeah. even though it's not necessarily in South, it's not South Carolina, mm-hmm. but there is this notion of how she's time traveling. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we talked about was like um, that it had kind of a red overcast. Mm-hmm. If you look at when you see the coloring, um, there's kind of like this blood red piece. This idea of being connected through, yeah, through through blood. You know, mm-hmm. so those are some of the things that we kind of try to do to kind of like get across those ideas. And I pull back a lot on mm-hmm. how I usually do like a lot of the details. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, you mentioned you know, lots of anim- lots of rereading, lots of annotations. Yes. Any particular challenges in creating a script for this book? That, oh
3: yeah. Know, yes. I <laughs> yeah, a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's funny the the first draft I wrote because I was, you know, I was really in a hurry just to get going, so mm. I, I just wrote this kind of crazy drafts where I put in all these sort of uh, formalist tricks and time splicing things that weren't in the original novel, mm. but I was trying to make. I, was, I started thinking of it as kind of a companion piece that would sort of force you to read the original novel, which it turns out is an idiotic idea, but uh, <laughs> nobody wants a book that forces them to read another book. Um, but it, it helped me get the draft out uh, in an interesting way where it, it started to feel like the characters were telling me how to adapt the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Um and then uh, once uh, they get mystical. Yeah,
0: yeah well, but you, well, you know if you're going yeah, critical. but if yeah. you're going to do it, it's just the book yeah. do it about. no,
3: yeah. I, <laughs> I, I'm sure I went insane a couple times in there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so once uh, Sheila, our editor, yeah. I got a hold of it. She cut away all the sort of extra extraneous kind of mm. stuff. It's yeah, a very lame script. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, which was good because the other my other issue with it was I felt bad cutting Octavia Butler's. Pros.
0: Well, like, I mean,
3: I, I felt like I was sitting there, and like she was standing over my shoulder, just shaking her head no. Like, like, who what do you, do
2: you think you are? Well, no, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Exactly.
3: exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, my early drafts, I, I left in like way too much prose. Yeah, yeah. Pros. Was, like, yeah, you
2: know, it was too much in the yeah, spaces. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, yeah. so,
3: it, our editor helped a lot yeah. with that. So, I mean, the, mm. part of the challenge was just sort of getting over the sort of honor and humbling sure. privilege of getting this job to to working with her pros yeah to actually do it um but no i think by the end it well by the end it was just i was so ready to be done i was like whatever i don't care um but it i think we did a good job of keeping the spirit of the story yeah sure and um still leaving room for for john's art
2: there's a lot of physicality too in the Mm -hmm. making of something like this you know um there's there's a lot of like just I don't know people if, if I'm, I don't know if how many people are listening to this or will be listening to this actually are making graphic novels but. You know some. It's, it's it like is, a it's a it's 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 very physical, mm-hmm. you know. And so just going you mean just, a, just the labor just itself a labor
0: to like it. yeah, to sit down there lay and into it. this, and, yeah. Because you're talking like well, how, how many pages is 240, yeah. yeah and you did you them, you uh, it colored it as well, yes, yeah. Right. And you didn't use digital this time. Which I did. I know, you know, big, no, big. I used it. So I used for the color. I put the color. But the ink, it by hand. Well, you did touch on something I was going to ask. Working with an editor around this, I'm always curious. About the process of working with an editor in comics mm-hmm. because of, I mean, the labor intensive nature of it. Making revisions is uh, gotta be a big, big deal. It is. Um, uh, did you have to deal with any of that?
3: Um, you know, or... it was, we were lucky that, uh, well, one, Sheila Keenan has written graphic novels herself. so she yes, understands yeah, yes the process. as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And um, also that uh, by the time we had, I mean, we went through so many drafts of the script. By the time we got to the finished script for drawing, it was concrete enough where mm. there wasn't a lot of need for revisions yeah. in the visuals. Um, but also, the I, I mentioned how I lettered it like two and a half, three times. Right. Um, that made it easy to kind of do revisions on the fly if we needed to because mm. if something wasn't working, uh, we would catch it in kind of the thumbnail stage so John didn't have to redo like... Inking or coloring because mm-hmm. we had already sort of caught it. I
0: see. Um, yeah.
3: So by the time we got to the final, uh, you know, pass through on the colors, uh, there weren't too many changes left to do. I like, see. It, yeah. it was all done sort of at the front end. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: um, uh, the book is coming out uh, in January, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, January yes, 2017. January. Yep. Um, are you guys thinking about promotional stuff? I mean, I mean, this is this book is going to be. It seems to me going to be everywhere from schools to you know everywhere
2: so. you can think yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah to book clubs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we're probably going to be doing some. Uh, a lot of traveling to promote it, and uh, as you know, that coincides with the uh, the Schomburg event uh, as well. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So yeah. you know, there's things of that nature, yeah. so we're, and we're, also we're, the BCAF in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. So. so we're talking oh, okay. about promoting.
0: That's it right, because you, you do a t- you do a there's a sister that's right. fair at the same time. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, well, look, this is the, I'm anxious to, to to get home and read this, mm-hmm. uh, and actually then to, to see the finished copy. Oh, um, yeah. I'm sure almost anyone else will be as well. Uh, I'm going to jump off topic just for a second because. Uh, uh, the Black Book Festival has been such a an explosive success, and I'm just sort of curious to to know what what its future is. I thought it was I, it, just you may want to. Pop me for saying this. I think it's getting too big for the Schomburg. Well, here's the thing. It's getting
2: a little scary here's in there. Well, the I think was, what's going on is that we're probably. and This is uh, what we're probably discussing because we love the Schomburg. Yeah, I mean, know? I mean, that's the, the space. A wonderful that's place cool. for it to be. So we're probably going to end up doing what they did with Toronto Comic Arts Festival mm-hmm. and, and Mice in Boston and just yeah. make it two days.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. we're probably going to have to
2: end up doing? Yeah, you know. So, so we, we, we people and, are showing yeah, up. Yeah, me, Jerry, <laughs> and. Uh, um, and uh, Deirdre actually mm-hmm. uh, already had a meeting about uh, future pieces. The other thing is that. It would be wonderful. I think we're large enough now that we could probably solicit some really strong sponsors to help us. Mm-hmm. The cost, cool. To take some of the, the weight off the Schomburg shoulders because we want to make sure that we're serving the community properly and and that it's still a free event. Yeah. And that you know uh, that we're not overtasking uh, the Schaumburg staff. Sure. You know. Yes. Sure. Well, it's it's an incredible event. I mean, seven thousand people. I
0: mean, it's, it's, it's event, amazing. You know, a little gridlock in there for a minute, but but you know, but that's because. People want to get in. They want like to see the, the work. the
2: iPhone was coming out. It was yeah. crazy up in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like,
0: oh my God. <laughs> anyway, well, this is great. Um, uh, and the arrival of this uh, adaptation of Kindred is incredibly exciting. I just want uh, to thank, thank John and Damien. Uh, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank oh, you. yes. Thank you so much. A pleasure.
2: Yeah. It's an honor.